When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Manny Navarro here from the Wide Right Podcast. Got an exciting podcast for you. Bruce Feldman joined me to talk about the new Canes hire at offensive coordinator. Of course, we recorded that segment before some more Miami news broke. The Hurricanes, we've been able to confirm uh, Derek Nicholson will be the next linebackers coach for the Hurricanes, former Florida State linebacker turned coach, spent last couple seasons at Louisville, followed Scott Satterfield to Cincinnati. Uh, the Athletic was able to confirm through a source with direct knowledge that uh, he has accepted the job to be Miami's next linebackers coach. Anyway, I want to make sure I included that because while Bruce and I were rec- recording our episode, that's when all that kind of stuff was going on. And Bruce and I were busy talking about offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach. I asked him about the linebackers coach. He wasn't ready to put out any names yet. Uh, I guess even though he knew Nicholson was probably going to be the guy. Uh, and uh, it's just the way the news happens sometimes. So anyway, wanted to lead off this podcast with this little disclaimer. Hope you enjoy Bruce and my conversation. All right. Welcome back to another installment of the Wide Ride Podcast. Manny Navarro here from The Athletic, joined by Bruce Feldman, also from The Athletic. Obviously, some big news today, Bruce, and I wanted to make sure I get you on to talk about this because you were on with me last week when Mario had just hired Lance Guidry to be defensive coordinator. Today, this morning, he announces uh, what you reported as well as others uh, that uh, the new offensive coordinator is going to be somebody who was at Houston, at West Virginia, a bunch of places. Uh, Shannon Dawson, an air raid coach, passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach from Houston. Shannon's 45 years old. As I mentioned earlier, been sort of uh, all over the place in college football. You mentioned to me uh, in some conversations, you mentioned his name to me a couple of weeks ago as, as potentially a guy uh, that Mario was interested in. And, and after what s- seemed like a very long process in replacing Josh Gaddis, uh, he finally decided to pull the trigger today. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that he landed on Shannon Dawson, not because I don't think he's a good offensive mind or really good with quarterbacks. I think he's both of those things. It's just his roots are really in the air rate. And, you know, I just didn't think ultimately Mario is going to hire an air raid guy. Now, he can look at it and say, I watch the film, and they do some really creative things in the run game and things he likes about running the football. Um, But ultimately, he is an air raid guy. I mean, in, in, you know, in his DNA, um, you know, I think that Mario, from my understanding, really liked what he saw on film. He had a great interview with him in that interview process. And I think the, the development piece of how he coaches quarterbacks is key. Now he spent a lot of time, most of, most of um, Shannon Dawson's professional career has really been around Dana Holgerson. And, 
it was a lot of time at West Virginia, and then it was certainly a lot of time at Houston. Now, he was briefly in the SEC for Mark Stoops. Um, I think it, was, it may have been Stoops' first or second year there, and then he was at Southern Miss. The one thing I, I will, you know, I don't know, Miami fans will probably appreciate this, but, like, remember I did a story a couple of years ago when Mac Jones was tearing it up at Alabama and Stetson Bennett was starting to blow up a little bit at, at Georgia. He was Shannon Dawson was the guy who had had Mac Jones committed at Kentucky. And then when he got when they kind of parted ways, Mac Jones opened it up and ended up going to Alabama. But he was, you know, saw in Mac Jones before a lot of other people did. He also was really one of the guys who first ID Stetson Bennett. So he has a really good eye for quarterbacks. Um, like I said, he's a Dana Holgerson guy. So Dana ha- is very involved in in the offense. But I think in terms of like the air raid and the, the, what people think of the air raid, Dana Holgerson has shifted from the air raid quite a bit, probably more so than any of the air raid guys under Mike Leach. So I can see how Mario Cristobal sees some things in there that maybe are, are not like exactly like the air raid of what we think of with Mike Leach. Um, so in that regard, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned his roots. I mean, how mummies who we started with, um, you know, over at southeastern Louisiana, um, and and then basically went with him, I think, to New Mexico State. So he's with him a couple places. You've written a lot about how mummy and the coaching tree and all the great coaches that have come uh, from the air raid. Um, but you and I also talked about, you know, Mario wanting to run the football, right? And and ultimately. He wants balance in his offense. I, I know initially Miami fans are going to see this and say, wow, air raid, TVD is going to be flinging it all over the place. But you and I know Mario better than that. If you were to guess what the, the run pass breakdown is, and it was pretty balanced under Josh Gaddis last year uh, between you know run, ba- uh, run pass, what do you think ultimately happens here with this Miami offense in terms of the way um, you know, Shannon Dawson is going to be able to call this offense? My guess is it would be 60-40 run pa- or pass run. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they ran it pretty well. Like last year, they averaged 4.6 yards a carry at Houston, which was good. I think it was like fourth in the league. And they had two really, you know, they had two really good young offensive linemen. I think they had two guys who were on all league who were first team, who were both sophomores. But, you know, Clayton Toon was the quarterback. He will be an NFL quarterback who, who Shannon was very involved in. I mean – my first, uh, the first time he got on my radar was I was at this one back clinic, which is really a lot of air raid disciples were at it. And this was back when he was at Stephen F. Austin. This is probably 15 years ago. He was impressive in there. And then we kind of connected through that. And then before long, Dana hired him to West Virginia and they were rolling. Um, and he was part of that offense where, you know, they did, they put up big numbers there, you know, Geno Smith and, um, you know, he, he knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. And I think that will be interesting. And I could see this system being much more attractive to receivers. I mean, a guy that Miami was very interested in would have loved to, if he, if he decided to transfer was tank Dell put up huge numbers for Houston last year. Um, you know, they, they have, they are good, good at throwing the football. So we know, as you said, Mario is an O-line guy through and through, and that's what it's going to be. And he's recruited well. He probably, I don't know, would you agree? That's probably the best part of his recruiting so far is what he's done on the offensive line, not just through the portal, but obviously yeah. with the offensive tackles especially. Yeah. Um, 
I would say so, there's four four new guys on that offensive line. If you count the two true freshmen and, and the you know who he picked up out of uh, Alabama and, and from UCF, the center and the mm-hmm. guard. So, uh, yeah, I think I think they'll be markedly better on the offensive line. Yeah, and I so I think that's going to be a big key piece of it. So I'm interested to see how Mario Mirabal and and Shannon merge this and what mm-hmm. this offense is going to look like. I think, you know, I think Shannon knows it's a big opportunity for him there. Um, and I'm interested to see what he, you know, how it's going to go. I really am. Feels like very similar to to Rhett Lashley type deal. You know, a guy who has been at Power Five programs before, and maybe needs that opportunity to shine at Miami right before he can go make the jump to becoming a head coach. Yeah, I think what's different here is, like, I thought Lashley did a really good job there. Um, but Manny Diaz is a defensive guy, you know, and Mario's an offensive guy. So, you know, I think is it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Cause I, I do think Mario and Alex know a lot about the run game and they're going to develop offensive line play. And so I think that'll be, you know, you know, that could be a key piece for this again. Um, but again, it's like, whereas Rhett Lashley, he had his O-line guy, Garen Justice, and they came in. And I think when you're working for a defensive-minded guy, it just is probably – I don't know if there's much more freedom, but it's the perception is that there's much more freedom. Yeah. Uh, some stats here from from his uh, Houston bio listed the fact that his quarterbacks from 20 to 20, uh, 2020 to 2022 combined through 87 touchdown passes, which was 13th nationally, 65% completion percentage, over 10,000 yards. All of those are top 21 rankings and you mentioned Clayton Tune already how similar are Tune and Tyler Van Dyke as passers I don't know how much you've studied Tune but uh is there any similarities in other words can this offense easily fit Tyler Van Dyke in your mind I I absolutely think it can now to me Manny I think the biggest key for this is can you attract receivers to transfer and come in here like Mm -hmm. maybe I'm oversimplifying this but this is the area where like you know that there's a, a old a old uh, baseball you know wonky term you know value over replacement or whatever. I just think yeah. of like the receivers who have come from the state of Florida versus what University of Miami has basically been playing with has been such a disparity. And I'm not saying all the guys who've ended up at Alabama needed you know or whatever, but like there's been so many dynamic receivers, and it's not to say Miami hasn't had any of them, but just like well, that needs to upgrade so so it, much. It's hysterical that you bring this up because this morning before the news broke, I started looking up five star receivers from the state of Florida. Like since twenty, uh, this is just from twenty like fourteen or whatever. Um, I mean, Hakeem Williams, Brandon Ennis, Jacory Brooks, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Deion Kane, George Campbell, Ermin Lane. Those are eight guys, five star. Uh, receivers in the state of Florida played their high school ball here. Several of those guys from South Florida, none of them ended up at Miami, three of them at Alabama, three at Florida state, one at Ohio state, one at Clemson. And, and so, you know, Dawson, believe it or not, actually has a link to the current five-star receiver who's out of coming out of South Florida, uh, Jeremiah Smith. He coached uh, Smith's uh, cousin at West Virginia. That would be Geno Smith. So maybe this pans out for Mario in the sense that, and I, and it's funny this weekend I was at a seven on seven tournament watching, uh, you know, uh, Jeremiah play 
uh, for the South Florida Express. And I asked him specifically about Dawson afterward. I said, would, how would that make you feel? He said, oh, I'd love it. He knows my family. So I think in the end, this might be a double play for Mario in the sense of this might be what pushes you to flip Jeremiah Smith from going to Ohio State if you can have a productive offense and have a guy running that offense who has a connection to the Smith family. Yeah, I, I think that would be something that would get Miami fans probably more excited than, oh, they went from like 50th in offense to 21st in the last, you know, like the stats are fine, I think, but you're looking at people going to go, well, that's in the AAC or that's whatever. It's like, Ultimately, I think, you know, yeah, Miami has upgraded considerably, it seems like, on the offensive line. Where are we, you know, where they're going to be asking, where are the playmakers outside to stretch defenses? And because when you look at, you know, what Ohio State has done, I mean, their receiver room is the best thing they have going. It's not to say that they're not really elite in other areas, but that is it. You look at where Alabama just took off. You know, you mentioned a few of the guys because you mentioned the five stars. I think there's probably some high four stars yeah. guys mm-hmm. who are in there. And, um, you know, I'm curious. I mean, you've seen much more so than me. You've seen some of the guys that Mario has committed who are in this class, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a, you know, like All right, this guy might be a dynamic slot. You have, a you know, one of the fastest players in the country, recruits in the country as a running back. Like, how do you think those pieces fit in with what, Shannon Dawson is, you know, has done there where you have just a much more dynamic offense than what Miami has seen for a while. Yeah, I, I think Nathaniel Joseph and Robbie Washington, the two freshman receivers that they picked up, who are both high four star uh, talents out of out of South Florida. Uh, I, you know, people in Miami love to make the Santana Moss comparison all the time to every slot receiver they get. <laughs> I, I don't know that he's Santana Moss, but I think he's better than what they've got. I think he's better than Brashard Smith. I think um, Nathaniel Joseph is probably better than Xavier Restrepo, more explosive, a guy that can, can really, you can just get him the ball in space and he's going to do a whole lot for you. He's not the biggest receiver. Um, Robbie Washington isn't it either. He's the son of Bobby Washington, the former Miami uh, recruit from back in the day, the running back from Miami Killian. Um, but they're both talented guys that you say, okay, in the right offense, with an offensive line that can give uh, Tyler Van Dyke a little bit of time, maybe these are the guys you need to get in the end zone. And, and explosive plays, one of the stats in our story, um, you know, uh, used uh, here about Shannon Dawson and uh, with, with the hiring, mentioned how Miami was like 114th in explosive plays and, you know, plays of 20 yards or more last season. And that's really, you, you can't win in college football unless you're getting the big play. Yeah. I mean, your margin for error is so slight there, especially when your defense was. And we talked about this the other day. The defense was just so underwhelming last year. It goes from whatever it was, 5th to 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, the margin for error is really small. And again, I think some of this is can you attract really elite players that are going to help out and make them, you know, really threaten defenses? Because I think just from talking to a lot of coaches when it, when it gets into these big games, you know, you see how much stress they put on a defense. I see it out here when when Lincoln Riley got here, just the addition of Jordan Addison to what they did, it just was like, it's almost like a, a uh, you know, like a torch sticking in front of a bear's face. It kind of recoils a little bit where you see that some aspect of it just threatens them in a way that makes them uncomfortable. And, you know, like, again, there's not Jordan Addison's all over the place, but I think you have to have something that's going to attract those players there. And that's the system. The receivers coach can only go, you know, can only do so much. If they, 
if they don't feel like you're going to be explosive down the field, um, then it's limited. I mean, if I was, if I was Mario going forward, I'd make sure every recruit that we're looking at who's a receiver knows what Tank Dell did. Mm. You know, I would also show them, you know, some of these other guys that have played in this system and what they've gone on to become or what their college careers were like. I mean, it's it's significant. Yeah, um, I think, you know, in the end, Miami fans, uh, what I try to tell them all the time, you can have any coach you want in here. If, if he doesn't have playmakers, there's only so far you can go. And I think Mario, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he handles the recruiting. Now he's got to bring in the right chefs, right, to to to, uh, to maximize the talent. And uh, hopefully this hire works out for them because I don't know that he can sustain another five and seven, six and six type season and continue to recruit the way that he did this past year. Agree or disagree? Eventually, every coach kind of runs out a little bit out of steam in terms of recruiting when the results aren't showing on the field. Yeah, and I think that's totally true. And look, I, I do feel like Dawson's ability with quarterbacks will be a will I think that will be an upgrade for them. I mean, just looking even even when he was not with Dana, like he was at Southern Miss. Nick Mullins, you know, was in the got in the NFL and was like a pretty productive quarterback at a Southern Miss, and that was a guy he really groomed. And I think you see, you know, you mentioned Clayton too, but there's just a lot of guys that he was very involved with that I think have have flourished his eye for it. I mentioned the two quarter, you know, the Mac Jones and, and Stetson Bennett connection. I think there's just, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of positive to this again, though, it comes to me, it's going to come back to, okay, who are they adding in the portal at this point that can really give them a burst that they just simply did not have. Like, I don't know, you know, whoever the coordinator was last year, who it would have been, Given what they were working with, I'm not sure how good it was going to get. Couldn't have been better, I'm sure. But, you know, like I just think it was so capped by just just very limited opportunity there. Yeah, you had no Restrepo for the bulk of the season. He was the guy that they were most excited about, you know, in the slot, being TVD's, you know, roommate and having the chemistry with him. You lose him two games into the season. Um, and then Colby Young, who Mario plucked, you know, out of the Juco ranks at Lackawanna College, comes in and by the sixth game, he's your best receiver, which just tells you what you were working with. If if Mario's bringing in the best receiver, you know, and, and, and taking a little while to kind of get him adapted. So it was just a rough year for Miami all the way around. There's a there's a question or two here that that um, I, I've been asked multiple times by people, and I'm not going to give you a whole mail back like I did last time. But this was kind of important because Miami fans always have their doubts with this stuff. Uh, did Dawson call plays at Houston? I've heard both yes and no. I, he had. I, I think Dana is mostly the offensive play caller, but I know he had. I okay. mean, so I think. Um, you know, he's called plays. I mean, he called them bef- before. I think at Houston was was maybe different. Um, let me get back to you on that, though. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a good question to ask. And then, um, you know, Kentucky, I, I think he was only there for one year. I don't know if you remember kind of what went what went wrong there, why, why it was just sort of a one-year stint before he went to Southern Miss. Yeah, he and, you know, it's funny because I reported on this when it happened. And he and Mark Stoops actually have a good relationship, but I think it was just philosophically, they were not on the same page. And it was interesting because way down the road after that, I think they, I think they're still pretty friendly now, 
but it was just like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't, we're not on the same page here. Mark Stoops wanted something and I think Shannon wanted to do something else and they just kind of separated. And I think they separated pretty amicably, amicably from what I understand. Cause I, you know, back when I did that story about Stetson Bennett and, and um, Mac Jones, I think we talked a little bit about that. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sam Khan, who, who of course is based uh, in Texas for us. I, I was going to get him on later today. Uh, to talk a little bit about Houston's offense. Sam's right there in Houston, so he's he's watched them plenty. And uh, Alan Taylor, who covers the Gators for us, uh, got to know Shannon a little bit at West Virginia. Another Louisiana guy, just like Gidry, he says he's got a great personality. What do you know of Shannon's personality and maybe how he'll fit in South Florida being a Louisiana guy? Yeah, he's a, like, he's a fun guy. I've gotten to know him pretty well. It's funny because um, I have a weird random connection to him. One day, uh, one year I was at the coaches convention. I knew those, that Dana staff pretty well at West Virginia. We were walking into some, um, it's funny cause this is happening all on the same day. Now that I think about it, we were walking into walking up the stairs on the river walk of some bar and a bunch of the West Virginia guys started talking and it was Todd Munkin and Todd Munkin said something to me and I, I don't, I didn't know Todd Munkin at all. And he'd been at Oklahoma state. And, um, I, one of the guys I was with was Jake Spavital. And I was like, looked at him. He goes, he thinks you're Shannon. I was like, what? <laughs> and it was like, and then I looked, I'm like, yeah, if I probably put on a few pounds, not good pounds, <laughs> I could see the Shannon thing at the time. So, you know, it was a little bit, um, so we used to joke about that, but he, I think people will like him. I think the media media will like him when they get to know him down there. He has a really good personality. I mean, look, he's worked for Dana Holgerson for a long time. And Dana Holgerson is probably the most shoot from the hip guy who's working, who's, who's a head coach in college football. So, um, I think it's going to be different for him to go from Dana to Mario. Um, but I think going from Houston to Miami in terms of like, you're in a big city. You're in a big city with a lot to do, um, with a lot of, you know, I think that will be a good, a good transition for him. And I think, like I said, I think it'll be good for him because, you know, he's worked for a bunch of different people, but I think at the same time, I think, you know, like I'm interested to see how he does. I mean, he's run it on his own before. So it's not like this is a guy who's never done it. He certainly has. Um, I'm interested to see how, you know, how, how he fits in with this. Any idea who Mario might pair with him at, you know, receivers coach, obviously Shannon's coming into coach quarterbacks. I know James Coley is a, is an interesting name out there um, because he's coached every position. He's been an offensive coordinator as well. At some point I thought maybe Mario pairs, you know, coordinators, you know, make it kind of a co-coordinator type thing. I don't know that that's what he's doing here. And then also on the defensive side, since Gidry was hired, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, linebacker coach names that maybe have floated out there. If there's anything in your mind as far as those other positions. Um, there's a name I've heard. I want to hold off on saying it. Sure. I think would be a really good hire on defense that I think Mario is talking to, which okay. I think could be, you know, it could be a, a really good fit there. It's somebody who has Florida ties. Um, and is that, you know, is that a, is that a, has been very has done very well in the last couple of years at where this person's at? I could see that being the fit on uh, as far as receivers. You know, I've heard a few of the names that that I'm sure you've heard a couple guys with Miami ties. 
Yeah. It didn't sound like as of, you know, whatever this is Tuesday morning that it was that close to finding a receiver guy. Okay. Yeah. I, I know one name Miami fans have thrown out. There's Leonard Hankerson who played uh, at Miami. And I think he's with the 49ers this past season as a guy who potentially could be a pairing, but you know, there's two other, it's funny. You mentioned one former Miami receiver and there's like two other guys whose names I've heard of who are also like, one's a great former Miami receiver. Mm-hmm. And the other one's a good former Miami receiver. And uh, you've covered both. One is, um, you know, Kevin Beard, who is right. now at Toledo. And the great one is, was Reggie Wayne. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, you know, how serious or real those candidates are at this point, but I definitely think they're in consider. They're getting some form of consideration. Okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he fills out the staff. I think, uh, he like you and I have talked about plenty. He needed to sort of flip flip things around quickly after year one. It was not a good environment to be coaching in. So no, and I I think also what will be key is again what do we see maybe off the field and how certain guys fits and what, if they know what Mario expects mm-hmm. to be there because it just didn't seem like a lot of very few people there. I would not be surprised if there's a couple of more significant you know switches that are going on on that staff. And, it, you know, whatever it is, it's middle February and they're going to have start spring ball in what, three weeks. So yeah, March 4th. I would imagine, yeah, I imagine in the next 10 days, you may see some other sizable moves. Yeah. I think the recruiting department, uh, as long as Mario's anchoring it, I'm not worried about that. I think they're going to continue to get really good players, but you definitely need to change the culture in there. And I, I've kind of blamed it on Mario being on the West Coast for so long. You know, he didn't really know what he was coming back to, what he was stepping into. And it's kind of like, like you said, there's some guys that fit the culture in Miami and some that don't. Yeah, and I think some of it, the like he had a really good track record of hiring guys at FIU. When you look back at the people he hired, and you know, you know how bad FIU mm-hmm. was. I mean, I don't think people, unless you're in South Florida and were paying attention, realize how awful FIU was when he got there. Yeah. But you know, here, and I thought he made some really good. I mean, Tim DeRuiter was a really good hire at Oregon. Um, you know, I think certainly. On the offensive staff, he made some really good hires. Um, you know, Joe Moorhead's a really good offensive mind. I think here, the you know, the jury's still out. Like, I think he hired some guys who, you know, I just think that I think ultimately a lot of it is fit. I, don't, I think, you know, some of those guys are good coaches. I just don't know how well they fit in together with, with their – I think also guys were at different stages of their careers. You had a couple of guys who were probably maybe – I don't know whether it's fair to say they're on the downside. I just don't know if they were at this stage of their career or they're ready the way they're going to work the way Mario expects them to work. Well, and work in this situation, right? Like work in, in, in a program that has to really scrap to move up because let's face it, if you're coaching at Alabama or Georgia or, or, or a place that's established, it's a little easier to not have to recruit. It kind of recruits itself, you know, and, and here you have to convince people to come play for a program that's been, Let's face it, uh, seven and six for a long time now. So I, I think I think all of that plays a role. It's it's where you are in your career and how do you fit at that point in the location where where you're coaching. Yeah, I think you know that expression. It'll get it'll get worse before it gets better. I don't yeah. know if I I don't know. You know, at some point, I think you and I probably did a. I I kind of remember the day like I was driving to Las Vegas for the NFF, the College Football Hall of Fame event, and that was the day Mario told everybody I'm coming. And if you had said to me at that point, it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
I would have been a little skeptical and I don't think I believed it until I went down there and I saw you that day at practice. And I remember I saw Gino and I saw you and a bunch of other people. And I was like, wow, they are, you know, like, and I don't, I don't know if I thought that on the defensive side of the ball, like eyeball a test, but the offensive side of the ball was just a, a jolt of reality there. Um, and I don't know what necessarily what, what changed. Couldn't mean you can't, can't still, be very competitive if you're just underwhelming at the skill positions like they were but like i don't know that's hard to, that was hard for me to shake i guess yeah it's kind of a wake-up call when you walk in there and see it with your own eyes like wow this is not this is a very average team yeah and many like i mean it's weird because like i am comparing it to like you know i live in live out here on the west coast so i see usc and ucla in person mm-hmm. and usc you know like Skill wise, they are very good. They are they are defensively. I don't think their defensive personnel was any better than Miami's, mm-hmm. but and may have been probably worse. UCLA though would have been the one where it's like there's not a lot of guys there who are highly ranked, but they they were better. Just mm-hmm. they're they're much better on offense and they looked better. And it's just just like to see that I was like, wow, this is you know it it just looked like um, it looked like a. a good group of five kind of setup or not even that good you know so yeah yeah looked like an fiu receiving core probably without ty hilton <laughs> yeah without yeah without the guy who, who scares somebody yeah yeah well hopefully they get that guy i know that they're going to be looking hard at the transfer portal like they did last year they looked hard they tried uh i know people call it tampering in, in today's age i mean it's just the way the way every team seems to operate anyway as it is so yeah. Well, let's, I mean, look, I, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just very curious, you know, like, I think if you told me somebody was hiring Shannon Dawson as the offense coordinator, I said, oh, this, there'll probably be some fireworks on the offensive side of the ball. I just think that it'll be really interesting to see what kind of reception this has in terms of on the recruiting front, because I think you can sell that to kids. Mm-hmm. The question is going to be like, you know, what does it look like when it's actually, you know, put in play? Yeah. Bruce, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on and, and uh, helping me with the pod and, and uh, make sure you uh, follow Bruce everywhere, TV, social media, and the athletic always writes good stuff. I hope people read our article on Gidry. I don't know. I hope they do too. Yeah. It's like, we got a little <laughs> bit of good reception. I saw from some diehard Miami fans. I just think for, he's a name that most people don't know. Like mm-hmm. it, diehard college football fans don't know. And I think when you talk to people who like, you know, and I think I said this to you, I was like, the thing that, that convinced me, I'm like, we should write something on this is like, I was texting with a Sunbelt defense coordinator. I think does a really good job. And he was effusive about Lance Gidry. And so like the more, and then you talk to some players, I just think that like, again, I could be wrong, but like, I think this will turn out to be an upgrade than what from what they just had. And I'm not just saying because they were bad on defense last year. I just think in terms of like where he's at compared to maybe where um, you know, where Kevin Steele was at. I think it, I think this is I think that was a good hire. Yep. Hopefully it works for Miami. They need they need some positivity here this coming season. Bruce, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, Manny.